1: 9:10 now in the second part of this half hour we're going to talk to Bobby Aber Cajun Cannon get his uh thoughts on the um on the Saints season and also what I've dubbed the knee call because we have the no call right so I'm going to call what happened on Sunday final play of the game against the Falcon the knee call And Dennis uh, not Mickey Loomis rather um last night saying that The people that are saying that Dennis Allen lost the team, and I'm quoting him here saying that's just people making comments to make uh, to make comments. It's stupid to say that. There's not one player that would say that. That's not, you know, they were just trying to do a favor and do something good, what they perceived as good for a teammate and nothing to do with, yeah, defying the head coach or anything like that. That's just silly. That's just overthinking. And and today's probably the last day we're going to talk about the knee call. And the only reason I'm going to bring it up with Bobby is because listening to it live, um, Deuce had a different reaction than did Bobby as it happened and after it happened. And I think it's interesting because both have a long and storied history in the NFL and with the Saints. So I just thought it was interesting to have two professional football players see it differently. So we'll talk to Bobby about that as well. First, so Bill Alexander joins us, CEO of the National Law Enforcement Officers Memorial Fund. They have released their 2023 fatality report. And we'll talk about are things trending in the right direction when it comes to the safety of the brave men and women who volunteer and sacrifice so much to keep us safe. Good morning, Bill. How are you?
0: Tommy, I'm uh, great. I'm, it's really a pleasure to be back on your show, and I so appreciate you in particular. You know, you've been such an advocate for law enforcement. I really appreciate you taking the time, being willing and able to help tell the story of our heroes, our our heroes and law enforcement who die in the line of duty. So thank you so much.
1: Yeah, you know, I don't know that I've ever had an experience with a law enforcement officer that was negative or that I've ever gotten a ticket that I didn't deserve. And I will say this one time, uh, a case of mistaken identity, I was – um cuffed and stuffed in the back of a car for a couple of minutes but even at that point they were very professional and and i was an opd so i've never had a bad experience i know that's not the case with everybody but then again i think sometimes people need to realize what it is um that law enforcement officers face on a daily basis because they don't often know what it is that they're dealing with and that That comes to the National Law Enforcement Officers Memorial Fund and the data that we're about to talk about with fatalities and and people that died in the line of duty.
0: Sure, absolutely.
1: Um, Tell me what the numbers show this year, because it wasn't long ago that COVID was the leading killer, correct?
0: It absolutely was. It absolutely devastated law enforcement with literally hundreds of deaths over the course of the last three years. Um, this year, we're reporting five such deaths related in 2023, and that's a pretty big drop from 2022 where we had 74. And, of course, 2022's number of 74 was a really big drop from the hundreds that we had the year before that. So COVID has really diminished uh in terms of the overall line of duty death numbers each year and we're you know of course we're really happy to see that number so low in 2023.
1: So uh, the other numbers across ahead, all sorry. of I not oh, interrupt no 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 you're on yeah. a roll I don't want to stop you I'm sorry.
0: The other the other numbers across all of the major categories we track are also down which of course we never want to use the turn of phrase good news mm. when we're reporting on even a single police officer killed in the line of duty. Uh but it's certainly a welcome trend. All of the categories across the board are really um, down. So we're talking about traffic uh, fatalities, gunfire fatalities, and mostly uh, medical events. Think strokes and heart attacks and that kind of thing after an officer is engaged in some sort of strenuous activity. So, again, a welcome trend. The one caveat I have is, is that the gunfire number does cause me some level of concern. I'm not sure that's really reflective of the danger and what I would argue is increasing danger for men and women out on the streets. Uh, really in part because our friends and partners over at the Paternal Order of Police also released their annual report, and they're showing that the number of officers who were shot not necessarily succumbed and died due to the injuries, but were actually shot at and struck uh, is at the highest number that they have ever uh, uh, found or seen since they've been tracking this data. Almost 380 police officers shot in the line of duty in 2023. 20, and so I think a number of factors are likely leading to the total number of fatalities there to be down from last year. But I really think that that is masking the true danger
1: out on the streets. So would the discrepancy be between shootings and deaths, one up, one down, be one category up and one down because of increased wearing of vests or increased medical treatment? I'm just wondering about that.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's a or number of factors. I think it's, one, the increasing and intense interest from police departments to – uh, encourage, if not mandate, that their officers wear bullet-resistant vests. Uh, the technology related to those very same vests has continued to advance. Uh, you're probably aware that DuPont in the last year and a half has introduced a really lightweight, really remarkable uh, high-tech material that is making it even easier no, for I officers am, to have that I, protective layer. I'm
1: not aware of that at all, Bill, so I'd like you to talk about it, if you would.
0: Well, DuPont uh, has been and continues to be, obviously, a long-term uh A partner and supporter of law enforcement and they have uh, come up with a really unique and innovative material uh, that is just refining what they have done in years past but making it even easier for men and women to wear that protective layer Uh, it's thinner it's lighter it's much uh, easier to sort of bend and conform to the body Uh, it really is remarkable how far they have come compared to say 10 years or 20 years ago uh, of course, I know you and I, when we talked last, I told you I was a retired police officer. Mm-hmm. When I started in the law enforcement profession almost 30 years ago, the vests at that time were really thick, uncomfortable, heavy, hot, uh, and it's really remarkable how far they've come uh, in, in a big way because of DuPont and their continuing investment in those kinds of technologies.
1: Are there op- I departments I there are a- that today, Bill, I didn't mean to interrupt you, I'm sorry, but are there departments today uh, that still have officers that do not have vests?
0: I'm not aware of any even moderate to mid-sized department that doesn't require their officers to wear vests. Now, is it possible somewhere out there in the 18,000-plus agencies that someone is not wearing a vest? I think it's possible, but I think that's very uncommon in today's day and age.
1: And because of this increased comfort, is it a problem with officers that choose not to wear them or, or against policy don't wear them?
0: Well, I think it's just become such a mantra across law enforcement, and the danger is so recognized that even though vests themselves are not entirely comfortable, and certainly in the hot and summer months, they are really uncomfortable, uh, I think the benefit far outweighs uh, the risk or the uh, discomfort there. Uh, police officers just across the country know that there is a, a very real risk they can get shot at, and it's much better, to ha- obviously, to have that vest on and try to protect yourself.
1: Oh, I got a traffic note here. Let me pass along. Claiborne Avenue Bridge, Judge Sieber Bridge, is closed for an extended period. That's due to a police chase that ended, speak of what we're talking about, with the suspect apparently shooting himself on the bridge. So Claiborne Avenue Bridge, Judge Sieber Bridge, is going to be closed for an extended period following a police chase and a subject that apparently shot himself while on the bridge. When it comes to... um. The causes of fatalities this year, Bill Alexander, CEO of the National Law Law Enforcement Officers Memorial Fund, is it gunshots that uh, are the leading cause this year, and is that the way it normally is outside of COVID or normally has been?
0: You know, it it flip-flops in various years, certainly the COVID years. COVID was the leading cause of death, Uh, deaths by gunfire, uh, fatal uh, firearms fatalities, Uh, Which is is really, I want to be clear, is an opposing party producing a handgun or another firearm and shooting at with the intention of killing a police officer. You know, there's a there's a definition for that called murder. In other Mm -hmm. words, I'm saying to you, 47 men and women in uniform were shot and killed in 2023. And that is the leading cause of death for 2023.
1: And going to the FOP stats, do you have a number on how many were shot or shot at?
0: Three. Yes, 378 were actually shot as in they were shot at and then subsequently struck the FOP at least now is not able to accurately gauge how many were shot at but the suspect ultimately missed so clearly something well well north of 378 were shot at but 378 were actually struck
1: so there but for the grace of God medical assistance aim etc you could be talking about a lot higher number and I'm just talking about the danger of the job
0: Yes, which is absolutely why I'm saying this number, that even though it's lower than it was last year, and obviously that's, again, a welcome trend. I do worry that that's not entirely reflective of how dangerous the conditions are out on the streets.
1: Just so people can get an idea of what it's like behind the badge, behind those 47 firearm fatalities, how does that break down, Bill?
0: Uh, It runs the gamut of a number of kinds of calls or incidents that I think your audience could probably guess responding to robberies in progress. Um, domestic calls, uh, suspicious person's calls, uh, traffic enforcement, enforcing warrants, uh, all of those kinds of activities that the police are obviously engaged in every single day out in our community. Um, there's really no avenue, no no section of law enforcement where an officer responds, and, and historically they have not been shot at and ultimately killed
1: by a firearm. Um Domestic disturbances and people need to realize this are traffic stops. There are no such thing as uh, there is no such thing as a routine traffic stop, and domestic disturbances are some of the more dangerous calls that police officers respond to. Is that accurate?
0: That is a thousand percent accurate. There is no such thing as a routine, uh, really any incident for a police officer responding. You know, the, the reality is is that the vast majority of say traffic stops or even uh, domestic violence calls. End peacefully, and with the officer either taking the appropriate action or resolving the situation. But there's no question that all of those circumstances, every single circumstance an officer goes to, there is always the unknown. And then there is always the risk for one or more of those parties to decide that they want to engage, fight, resist the police, uh, up to including producing firearms and shooting the police in an attempt to get away.
1: Let me take a break. We'll pick it up when we come back. I want to talk about the mental health of officers, and I know the military has a tremendous problem with suicide. What the numbers show um, about that as it relates to law enforcement. Bill Alexander, our guest, CEO of the National Law Enforcement Officers Memorial Fund. Here's a thing from Dragnet years and years ago where Joe Friday says it's an endless, glamorous, thankless job, and and it really is, and I think we take – Police officers, for granted, and we really shouldn't, a lot of us have a beef if we, for whatever reason, um, act up and uh, and suffer the consequences of that or get uh, stopped for a traffic violation, which, again, in my case, being totally honest, I've never gotten a ticket that I didn't fully deserve. Um, we, we tend to judge everything by that, and, and there are some officers that uh, do not do what they're supposed to do, but the vast majority Sacrifice a lot, as do their families, to keep society functioning. Bill Alexander, CEO of the National Law Enforcement Officers Memorial Fund. Back when we return, 921. Tommy Tucker, WWL. Again, that traffic note Claiborne Avenue Bridge, Judge Sieber closed for an extended period. That's because of a police chase ended with the suspect apparently shooting himself on the bridge. Back in a flash, WWL. 928 back with um, Bill Alexander, CEO of the National Law Enforcement Officers Memorial Fund. Bill, what about the the mental health of the men and women? I say blue, but I really shouldn't because it's blue and black and gray and all brown and green, all different colors uh, of the law enforcement officers. Um, What about mental health, suicides, et cetera?
0: Yeah, mental health has been and really continues to be uh, an intense focus of law enforcement professionals and certainly the leaders of those agencies across the country uh, and has been an increasing uh, focus across law enforcement for uh, a number of years, I think rightly so. The reality is is that men and women in uniform every single day respond to, witness, take part in really traumatic, tragic uh, scenes and incidents. Most people, most normal citizens across the country have you know a handful a half dozen of really traumatic incidents in their lives police officers experience traumatic incidents every single day and there's just no question that day after day after week after year uh, that that has an impact on the mental health of the men and women in uh, what i still see as our profession um and you know agencies heads of agencies and the men and women who are working alongside their peers who see some evidence of some sort of mental stress or distress uh, have to get involved have to focus on that and have to find ways to alleviate and, and help with those kinds of symptoms and give people help. And, and of course, we here at the Memorial Fund, we have a pillar we refer to as officer safety and wellness. We have been really engaged in the mental health front. Um, we don't track suicide statistics ourselves, but I know for a fact we use a, a site called bluehealth.org. Uh, most years, there are more suicides in the law enforcement profession than are, are there are line of duty deaths. Hundreds of men and women every single year take their own lives following a career in law enforcement, it's absolutely something that we, uh, as a profession and certainly as a country, need to grapple with and find solutions for.
1: What do people need to—one of the best things I've ever heard was that you need to remember when a police officer is responding to a call, both people involved, both the police officer and the person involved, are nervous. They don't know each other and I don't mean not in a frightened way or anything, but they're nervous, they're they're ill at ease, they don't know each other, and at least one of them has a gun. And and that always resonated with me, and and I think I would like you to leave us, if you can, with just things that people need to remember if they have an interaction with a police officer today. Their side of it, if you
0: will. Well, absolutely. Sure. I think it's a great question. I do think that the the broad coverage of law enforcement, i say, over the last uh, few years has instituted this idea that somehow law enforcement is constantly at fault or to blame or produce this thin veneer of the idea that you don't need to listen to law enforcement that it's okay to sort of fight it out on the scene uh, with some idea that law enforcement is always not doing the right thing and i would say to your audience please disregard all of that Uh, all of us as citizens of this country have a moral and legal obligation to listen to and obey the orders of police officers that they are trying to interact with us out on the scene so my strongest advice to everyone is, is that if you encounter a police officer, listen to them, stay calm, uh, show them your hands, and follow whatever directions that the officer is giving you. Uh, if they're asking you to stand in some specific place, please do that. If they're asking you to get out of their car or stay in your car, please do that. Um, so many of the interactions that go badly um, are at least contributed to by the direct behavior of the person that the law enforcement member is trying to interact with. Uh, so that is my strongest strongest advice follow and listen to the direction of the police officers it's not impossible that a police officer can make a mistake or do something wrong and if that's the case the place and time to adjudicate that is after the stop or the incident is over either through an internal investigation with the police department or through the court and legal process uh, but the time and place to adjudicate or or push back against that is not when you are interacting with the officer directly on the scene of an incident.
1: And while it may be phrased in the form of a question, that's a courtesy. It is not a question. It is not a request. You have to do what the officer says because they can't, it can't be a voluntary thing. You have to do what they say.
0: Yes, absolutely. I, again, I would say all of us, the citizens of this country and even visitors to this country, we have a legal obligation to follow the orders of the men and women who are empowered by federal, state, and local governments to be able to enforce the law, and as part of that power, they have the right to stop, to detain, to question, uh, to intervene, to try to restore order and stop crimes in progress. Uh, And so I again encourage everyone listening, please just do whatever the police officers are asking uh, in almost all cases that helps resolve the situation peacefully.
1: I appreciate your time, thank you. Bill Alexander, CEO of the National Law Enforcement Officers Memorial Fund, and of course it is incumbent upon a police officer to make sure, just like any parent before you give that order, that you know it has to be followed, so you have to think that through as well. 9.33, 27 till 10. We'll take a break, come back, talk to Bobby Hebert about the knee call that happened in the final play against the Falcons and more. 1st So look at traffic on
2: WWL.